Hello. Hello, hello. And welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie, your co-host, and I'm here with Elise. Hello, everybody. How are we? We are. (laughs) We are hanging by one thread, just the one. Half, Half a thread. Have a thread and it is unraveling as we speak. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hope, hope you guys are doing better than we are. Oh God. Welcome. Welcome back. It's it's fun to have um guests, but I also think it's fun to also go back to OG. It's just Callie and me here for today. So buckle up, bitches, because it's gonna be a good one. I know. I don't have to be on my best behavior. I'm always like, okay, like say things that make sense and remember to introduce them. And oh, remember to say what we're gonna talk about today, which oops, I already forgot oh. to do that. So I'll yep. do that right now. But yeah, with a guest, I'm like, come on, be a professional. Yeah, and I, I am. I am not professional at all. Like I, that is just no, no, I'm not. I, oh, okay. I started this podcast with hello. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if I if I knew what I was doing, I would have like a way that I speak every time, or like even in business meetings, you know, I'll be like, "Hey, y'all!" So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, what are you guys thinking? Instead of like, let's circle back and get on the same page. Yeah, and- but how how boring is that? Blush is exciting. They all speak the same way too. And I'm like, if you tell me to dial in this dialogue one more time, I'm going to lose my shit. Okay. So today we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is being introverted. So this is going to be one of the first times where I'm going to be like, okay, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And Elise is going to be like, (laughs) what? This is definitely, as Callie says, not my wheelhouse, but we're going (laughs) to, we're going to work with it. I'm excited to talk about it. it. So before we get there, Elise, tell me your sparkly sparkle. God, yeah. So what's today? Today is the 10th. 10-10. That's cool. Oh, Um, that's my at. Oh, never mind. You don't know where I live. I'm not going to tell you where I live. (laughs) Everyone, Callie's address (laughs) will be at the end of this podcast in case you want to send her things or just show up at her house. Because I'm the HOA president, so I always start every... HOA meeting with like, hey, 1010. Hey guys. <laughs> so you said 1010. And I was like, oh, then I was like, wait, I don't want people to know where I live. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, so today is day 10 of me being on IVF medication. And this time is totally different, I think, for me. I'm with a new doctor, new clinic, new mindset, which my mindset is really just like, I'm trying I have to ask, like. I've been less neurotic. I feel like, like usually I'm super anxious, which I have had anxiety, my bouts of it, but like, I feel like this go round, I'm kind of just like, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Like can't, you know, change yeah, anything. I think you gave it to me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sorry. Had to, had to go to someone could have done without yeah. zero out of 10 recommend so far. Yeah, no, it fucking sucks. So I apologize. Um, but yeah, I have this go around. I've been sharing on my social media. So if you don't follow me, you should, it's Elise underscore underscore Dean there's two. And I've been sharing my whole journey for a lot of different reasons. One, I think to educate and two, because there's, I feel like, you know, there's such
such a stigma around like mental health. Like, I feel like there's a stigma around infertility too. And people just don't know. And people just like give their recommendations to you without even knowing the fucking issue. And it's really frustrating. And so my whole purpose in sharing is just to shed light on the process to educate and to just like normalize that like making a baby is not always easy and it's hard and emotional and stressful in so many different areas. And so hopefully it's helping someone. I've had a lot of people reach out to me that are random, like, Hey, I'm starting IVF next week. And I just want to let you know, you like totally helped my anxiety with like the shots. And it's like, that shit's cool to me because it's like, that's, if I can just help one person, then for me, and I think I've said this a lot, but like that gives me purpose in my journey. You know, it's like, maybe all of this happened so that I can help empower and encourage and normalize things for other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not a two listening to you. You are a big <laughs> fat two on the Enneagram. Whereas I know. Like, I Don't know. talk to me about this. This is none of your business. <laughs> look it up. You can Google it instead of going to my Instagram page. <laughs> look at oh. my shit. Go away. <laughs> I love it. It's a horrible mentality. I help people in other ways. You, you are Venus. so helpful. You're so helpful. So and literally helpful. I could text you like, um, hi, help. And you're like, okay, let's talk. Let's process. Let's go through everything. Yeah. But only because I don't do that for everyone. I mean, I am just, the older I get, the more I realize how private I am. And so obviously I help through blush. That's like my goal is to create a business, but like, I'm not doing all the helping. (laughs) I'm setting up the structures and giving people the opportunity to do the helping because I just, and I think it was because I'm, I had so much, so many people take advantage of me when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like faking friendships to get help and all this stuff that I was like, yeah, this is actually exhausting for me because I'm an introvert. And so I've realized like, this doesn't do it for me. I can help people other ways, but not at the expense of my own sanity. Yeah. Well, I think that that's important because I mean, I feel like there are lots of people who take advantage of you for whatever reason. And I'm naive in that all the fucking time. Didn't I text you the other day? I was like, is this person trying to sell me something? And you're like, fuck yeah, they are like block them or don't respond. And it's like, I'm just like, I truly think, I guess that everybody has just like the best intentions and everybody just wants to love and help people. And that's not the case. I mean, not everybody has horrible intentions, but here's the difference. I don't know if it matters what other people's motives are. It just matters what you're getting out of it. So if you're getting something out of helping people, even if they're kind of being fake ass and they have no interest in being your friend, but they just want help, but you enjoy helping. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if there's anything wrong with that. Like, yeah, Yeah. I wish the other person would be a little more genuine. That would be nice. But I also wish every day was happy and easy and not a shit show. So, you know, welcome to reality. Do you ever wonder like why people are the way that they are? Like, why am I a two? Like why, what, what, what contributes to your type? Your family of origin. Oh, okay. That makes sense. My mom's definitely a two. Yeah. Well, it probably has to do something with like the way that you were made to feel, or sorry, the way that you felt important growing up. Like how did you get attention? How did you feel Mm -hmm. important? How did you feel Mm -hmm. successful? I did it with 
being good at things and good grades and not saying that my parents' love was conditional, but they're just, again, we've gone over this. They're very independent. They're very like, do your shit, be responsible, all this kind of stuff. And so like, I got good feedback from being that. And I'm sure some of it's genetic. I'm sure some of it's like, there's, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Also like birth order, like that's a big part. I'm the oldest. So, you know, I think a lot goes into it and you're the youngest. Mm-hmm. I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah, just listening to you talk. And I was actually talking to Andrew about this earlier. He was like, Oh yeah. Like what day is Elise on taking your shots? I was like, I love that. You know that. And I love that nobody knows what I'm doing unless they listen to this podcast. Cause I ain't fucking telling you <laughs> otherwise none your business. <laughs> Well, we all talk about it today. Oh God. Are we, I just feel like I've had the worst fertility experience. Not ever because Elise is, was not a walk in the park either. Like Elise is pretty perfect. I'm just like dealing with things that I didn't really think you were supposed to deal with. Like hunting down medications. I mean, when you go through a fertility cycle, medications and timing are probably the two most important things. And then you can start talking about diet and exercise and supplements and and all these other things that they throw at you to overwhelm you and make you feel like you're never doing enough. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at right now. But I wish I just w- didn't have to worry about the other part, but it's like, I've spent countless hours on the phone this week tracking down medications that are out of stock, realizing if they don't get in by a certain time, then this cycle is canceled. I'm having to deal with dickhead doctors because I'm back at my old clinic. And while Carrie's actually on her very best behavior, and I have to say she's been pretty nice. Okay, fine. The other asshole is just being horrible. Like told me I should cancel my cycle because he didn't like my uterus basically. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't like you. And I'm sure my uterus doesn't like you either. So you know, just like leaving in tears being like, okay, have I just done all this prep and all this legwork to get these medications on time for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then once my other doctor talks me down a while, and like, here's the other thing, Elise, am I a neurotic anxious person? No, but I'm sure as hell acting like one because they've driven me to the well, edge of the cliff and I'm trying not to fall off. I think when you, uh, like I would, I would, I think I'm just like naturally a neurotic and anxious person. You are not, but I think even people who are not, when you walk into an environment where it is super anxious and people are being neurotic and anxious around you, you adapt to the environment and therefore you have nothing else to do except for be anxious and neurotic. Like there, anyone in your situation, I don't even, Bob fucking Marley would go into your situation and be like, uh, what? Yeah. <gasps> what am I supposed to do with this? Probably be like, I need a joint. It's like, yeah. if you smoke, you die. Yeah. So God, Bob. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And like, I'm in this situation where they put so much personal responsibility on you, which is something that I thrive in and crumble in because I love to use what I have within my control, but I also am logical enough to know it's not going to get you all the way there. Right. The 80, 20 rule. And also there's just too many, you know, external factors at play. Like I I've studied this shit long enough to know that while you think you're in control, you're not. But at the same time, the threeness in me and this achieving part of me is like, do all the things. And if Mm -hmm. you don't do the things, you're going to fuck this up. And so that's just like, 
it, I'm just at tug of war with myself on a daily basis. I wish I didn't have to also be my own nurse and mm-hmm. my IVF coordinator and my pharmacist and everything else. I mean, it's just, it, I, it would absolutely, I think, trip everyone up to just look inside this process and be like, I'm sorry, you're doing what right now? It's like, oh yeah, because this wasn't done. So I have to do it. I'm just like pushing a boulder up a hill and I've barely started. Like I'm not even technically in the stressful part yet. I mean, well, I'm kind of there, I guess. I mean, hopefully, hopefully your situation's just flip-flopped and you're getting all the stress out of the way in the front front end. But yeah. it, it, I've talked to so many women who have gone through IVF and who seemingly have perfect results, right? They go through it. They do the stims, they do the egg retrieval, they get lots of embryos, they do their first transfer and they're pregnant. And this is a traumatic and stressful situation for them, right? Because they couldn't get pregnant naturally. Then there's like the people in our group of like, you're just fucked. Okay. Like your situation from start to finish will not be easy. It will be traumatic as fuck. It will be heartbreaking as fuck. It will be stressful as fuck. And you just have to fucking deal with it if you want a baby. And that's the thing. And that's not to like minimize other people who have gone through IVF and had like perfect results and perfect pregnancies and things that like is, that. Yeah, it is. If you're one well, of those people, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm totally <laughs> well, kidding. Totally it kidding. happens. It totally happens. And it's yeah. like that, if that's stressful for them and anxiety inducing for them, think of you and I, I mean, like, I can't. shit, I shit. Can't. I know I had to have a conversation with Andrew today. I was like, look, you're going to have to let me off the hook. You are so used to me trying to keep it together and always being rational and like being even. And I I was like, here's the thing. Even when I'm at my best, I still can't always keep it together. And I still slip up and you get mad at me sometimes for the way I react to things or the way I do things. And it's not like, he's like always mad at me, but like more often than not, I'm the bad guy in our relationship. And so I'm like, you know, this is going to be one of those weeks where it's not going to happen. I am telling you this right now. I ain't going to be perfect. I am going to respond to things irrationally. And half of it is because I'm pumped up with hormones. But the other half of it is because any normal person would lose their marbles in this pressure cooker of a situation, especially me. I am so triggered by situations like this where nothing is in my control, except for they make you believe that everything is in your control. Yeah. Even to the point where you're taking your own shots at night and like, I don't care about sticking a needle into my stomach. I literally could give two shits about it. I don't care. What freaks me out is I know how much these medications cost and I have to mix them and and administer them myself. So what if I mess up? That's what, that's what trips me up. It's honestly a mind fuck truly from start to, and so much is on the line, right? Because so much is on the line. Oh, you fuck up one, you fuck up one thing. You die. Yeah. You fuck up one thing and you fucking die. And We're not trying to die today. Okay. If any, if y'all haven't listened to another episode, I'm quoting Margot Robbie from Suicide Squad. You mix match blacks, you die. I love (laughs) her. It's just a line that I find funny because it's like, I feel like it encapsulates this entire process, which is just like so many little details, so many things. It's so hard to remember. Can you exercise or not? I still don't know. I really didn't get a straight answer on that today. So it's just like, it's so much shit that you have to be on. You're alone in this. I don't give mm. a 
fuck that I'm married. Andrew does not understand this. He's not trying to, by the way, in the best way possible. It's like, he's not trying to be like, wait, I'm in this too. And I'm like, here. he's like, yep, don't get it. You're right. So at the end of this conversation, he was like, great. I'm going to give you permission to act like a crazy person. I was like, thank you. All I needed. I appreciate it. And just, I just don't need one more thing to go wrong. I can't do this. If you're going to be mad at me the whole time, you know, like I just, I'm not going to be able to do this. So I got permission to act like a psycho bitch, which was just so nice. I was like, thank you. Um, but yeah, so my sparkle is why doesn't let's let's everyone go get your fertility shit checked. Do it right now. There's a company called modern fertility you will spend $150. And if you're one of my friends, I don't have many, but if you are one of them, I have a promo code that gets you $20 off. It apparently buys me more testing, which (laughs) jokes on me. I don't need any more of that. So I really don't get anything out of this situation here, but I want it for you. I made my friend Charlotte do it. I I think I made my sister-in-law do it. I would make you do it. If I knew you and you knew my name, I would be looking at you and saying, human, please go do it. You literally meet Callie for the first time. She's like, hi, I'm Callie. Have you checked your fertility level? That's for sure. Okay, let's get into it. Let's do this. My dear blush fam. (laughs) That's so cute. It hasn't always been the most obvious thing, but in the last few years, I've come to realize that I am a full blown introvert. I'm an INFJ, Enneagram two, and I'm 29 years old living in Salt Lake city for your reference. Elise, I feel like she has your exact same markup. So maybe you are going to know how to help her. Okay. I know. That being said, I still feel like I'm surprised by situations where I look back and in hindsight, I see that my grumpiness or extreme loneliness in something and something had more to do with me needing alone time than it did with anything else. I tend to overextend myself on occasion. I'll have moments when I feel pressure and FOMO feeling like I need to be out with everyone else having the time of my life. Could you guys give me the ultimate guide to being an introvert? I do love to connect with others and, and having a social life is important to me. So any tips and tricks on how to both have a fulfilling social life while also keeping my inner introvert happy would be great. Specifically in these three areas. Oh, I love this. How to navigate having roommates. After spending the last three years living on my own, I live with roommates again. Both roomies are more social and out in shared spaces more often. Sometimes they think I'm sad when I need to time alone in my room to recharge. How do I recognize when it's time to go home? If I don't want to go out, what cues to look, what are cues to look for in my body when, and how to say no, how to explain it to friends. Sometimes I feel like my extroverted friends think I'm not confident in myself if I don't always want to be going out or when I don't go out alone very often as a single person. I do struggle with some anxiety, but I am confident. It's hard for them to understand that being out and about can feel overstimulating and can be extremely draining for me. How to go on vacation as an introvert. I find when I'm able to give myself some space without guilt and stay home, like cook myself a nice dinner, take a bath, watch a movie without guilt. I'm able to show up so much better in all the other areas of my life. Thanks in advance. Love this podcast and love you gals. Sincerely trying to embrace my inner introvert. 
okay, this was a very specific letter (laughs) that wants some very specific advice, which I am here for because I had the epiphany that I was an introvert around the age of 23, maybe 22. I went through a pretty hellish time. I actually write about all of that in my book. So if you want to read about it, do it, but I ain't going to go over it here. And I remember sitting in a grad school class and being like, I am so tired of people looking at me and typing me as Susie sorority, go, 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 super extroverted, all of this, because that's not who I am. I saw this woman on TikTok. Yes. I finally joined TikTok. Don't come for me. And she was like, I am a social sprinter. I think it was, she was like, you will be talking to me at a party and you'll be having the best conversation of your life. And you will think we are best friends. You will then never see me again. And I won't leave my house for 14 days. And I was like, Oh, that is me. I feel attacked. Hello. So I think that this is one of those people and actually correct myself. I know that this is one of those people. And the reason I know that is because she's so cleverly included her in um, her, sorry, Myers-Briggs profile. So should we go over Myers-Briggs like really quickly? Yeah. Okay. So Myers-Briggs is comprised of four different categories. Okay. The first one is introverted versus extroverted. The second one is intuitive versus sensing. The second one is feeling versus thinking. The third one is perceiving versus judging. The two that are really important here when deciphering, if you are an extrovert or not, you would think it's the first one. Of course it is, but it's also the third one, which is how you make decisions. And that is feeling versus thinking. So if you go to the first category, introverted versus extroverted, this is not about your social skills. Okay. We all went to kindergarten. We all were forced to make friends. You remember your parents, they weren't like, did you ace your spelling? It's like, I can't write mom. Like when you're in kindergarten, there's like, how are you going to get an A on anything? It's like, yeah, I doodled perfectly. Like that was not the measure of success in kindergarten. It was what? Are you making friends? Are you making friends? That is the only thing anyone cared about. So we have been socialized to be extroverts from a very young age, because that is how that is the marker for success in a young child. So of course I was very good at making friends because that is how I deemed I was going to be successful. Like it is that mechanical for me. I mean, just crazy. Now, do I like people? Yeah, sure. Whatever. They're fine. But (laughs) the reality is being introverted has nothing to do with having social skills. Okay. It has nothing to do with ease of conversation. It has nothing to do with how many friends you have. All it has to do is where you get your energy from. Okay. Do you get your energy from within? Meaning do you get your best ideas on long walks? Do you get your best ideas listening to music? Do you get your best ideas meditating or sitting in your bed or drinking your coffee? And then for extroverts, it's where do you get your energy? Is it from other people? And if the answer is that, then like, yeah, you're an extrovert. So Elise probably gets her best ideas talking in front of a group or talking with someone or like a group text or like, I don't know, maybe even support forums or like communities. Like Elise is going to shine her best when she's part of a community. I'm going to shine my best when I'm on my own. Like that is just the nature of the game. And it has everything to do with our energy sources. I know this is long-winded. I'm going to keep going, just deal with it. So here's where it gets confusing. If you are a thinker, okay. Meaning you make decisions with logic 
Okay. With, um, not even like facts. It's logic is really actually what it comes down to. Um, I tend to actually hover here. I've become more like, I will always be a feeler. I don't think the tide will ever turn for that, but my logical side is pretty strong. So I try my best to suppress my feelings in order for the logic to come through. And normally I can see both. Most people though, they tend to really strongly favor one or the other, meaning I'm going to make a decision based off the way I feel. Do I feel sad when I think of this? Okay. I'm not going to do it. Um, what is pleasing or displeasing to me? That is a feeling decision, uh, with thinkers again, it's logic. Okay. Here's the thing. If you are a feeler, you are most likely a people person because feelings are associated with people. Logic on the other hand is associated with a fucking computer. Okay. So that's why this is confusing as hell because there are a ton of introverted feelers. And if you are dealing with an introverted feeler, they are going to come across like an extrovert because we don't know what the fuck an extrovert actually is. Does that make sense? Totally. That makes complete sense. And she's an Enneagram too, which is the helper, which is literally designed with connection to other people. So if she's a feeler and a helper, she's inherently going to be more drawn to connecting with people, establishing genuine, authentic relationships with people, helping people. And that I'm sure can be super confusing for not only her, but also the people she's interacting with, if that's exhausting to her, right? Yes, yes. yes, Nailed it. So for people who are extroverted feelers, like Elise, there's no question. And they are busy little bee and they've got a million friends. And remember we were talking about, I was like, do you have like a group of friends? She's like, yeah, I have a group of friends. And I was like, oh my God, the anxiety. I can't even imagine. So like Elise presents as your perfect, flawless, this is what an extrovert is. Like just beautiful. Now an introverted thinker is probably what you think of when you think of an introvert, someone who really likes, you know, math and books and doesn't like people at all. Doesn't even relate to them. Isn't interested in them. And then is also introverted, but then you have these hybrids. Okay. Which is the extrovert who is not a people person, Andrew Solomon. And then me, the introvert who is a people person. And it gets real confusing. Andrew loves to be in the same room as other people, even if they're not talking. He just likes their presence. He likes people around. Whereas I'm like, if you're not bringing something to the table, could you please leave? Like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't need you. Like, That's our reality, right? So he is happy with me just being around because I have a pulse. Whereas I need him to actually contribute. <laughs> Literally, I'm like dying laughing over here because that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to give that little breakdown, not just for this letter writer, but for anyone listening, because this is a huge misconception. And I think the second you can nail this down, it's going to make navigating this so much easier. So, okay. What was her name again? Trying to embrace my inner. No, that's too long. Okay. We're going to call her inner introvert inner introvert. What's happening is your friends are mistaking you for an extrovert and it's not their fault. You're totally tricking them into thinking that you are. So what you have to do and what you're starting to do already is get real comfortable with your newfound identity. You are introverted through and through. So start acting like one and start communicating it. I love to use the example from Hocus Pocus. Elise, tell me you've seen that movie. I have seen that. I have seen it. I I get real nervous when I start bringing up uh, solid pop culture references and your eyes are just blank. I just, (gasps) 
I just get really nervous. Okay. Thank God. So when I'm talking about introversion and extroversion, I talk about the witches. There's a great scene with Sarah Jessica Parker where she's like breathing in this little child. Okay. You are Sarah Jessica Parker and I am the little child. I am just like being sucked in by extroverts around me to where I have no soul left. And then I have to get away so that I can recharge my soul and then come back and you're going to suck it out of me again. And here's the crazy part. Sometimes it feels good, right? To have your energy drained. Like I love having a great solid social night and I come home and I'm wiped. I'm like, that was a great night. Won't repeat for a while, but <laughs> 10 out of 10, like love it. Mwah. Okay. Uh, but when I explain that to people and I'm like, I love you, but I'm exhausted. There's no arguing with that. There's no, but you're not confident. Like that's just a bullshit response to I'm tired or should you well, like, are you eating too much fat? Is that why you're tired? Your diet's bad. It's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's not that I'm going to go home and go to sleep. It's that I'm going to go home and like not speak to anyone. So inner introvert, the more you communicate this and use examples. And by the way, if you're friends with other intuitives, they're not going to understand it unless you use metaphors. <laughs> so that, there's that, uh, do that like early and often so that people can understand their expectations when dealing with you. And they're going to learn to not take it personally, because here's the thing, Elise, do you take it personally when someone like, doesn't want to see you or hang out with you? Totally all the time. Right. But like, it has nothing to do with you because you're perfect and everyone loves you. See what I mean? <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. You're like totally boosting up my confidence. But yeah, I mean, I totally get because it's you're not thinking through the lens of like, oh, I can specifically remember. It's so funny you brought this up because I had this I had this thought. I don't know. I'll, I'll spare you all the details, but I had this um, friend. She's still my friend. We were neighbors and we hung out all the time. And I remember we used to like dance to Britney. We would make up dances to Britney Spears. And then we, we like had this whole day where we made up all these dances. And then I really wanted her to spend the night. Cause I was having so much fucking fun. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to stay up all night and listen to Britney Spears eat pizza. And she, I was like, Oh my God, spend the night. This is going to be so much fun. Blah, blah, blah. And she just looked at me and she was like, actually, I don't want to spend the night any, I don't want to spend the night. I just want to go home and I, I don't want to hang out anymore. And I specifically, I remember exactly where I was and, and it hurt my feelings so fucking bad. I was like, I'm not cool. She doesn't like me. She doesn't want, she never wants to be my friend anymore. And now thinking back on it, obviously she's an introvert. I know mm -hmm. her still, but she was also setting a boundary because she didn't want to do something that she didn't want to fucking do. If I didn't want to spend the night at someone's house, I would have spent the night anyways, because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, this letter writer, letter writer, and I inner introvert, whatever your name is, I love you. Uh, and I have so much in common because we here's, here's the thing. And I, I think this is what she's got to understand. We grew up thinking that we were you, Elise, because mm. th that's socially acceptable. Um, your friend is like a badass bitch for understanding at that age that that yeah. was not what she wanted to do and that she was different. Like I'm in awe of her because I didn't have that self-awareness at that age. There's no way. I mean, I'm assuming, don't tell me how old you were when Britney Spears, it's just, we're not having this conversation, <laughs> but I, I just, I was about to ask how old you were. And I was like, if you answer that, I might punch you through our zoom lens. Um, so 
it, here's the thing. We thought that we were extroverted and we just thought we were bad at it. And we thought maybe there was something wrong with us or that we just maybe didn't like the people enough or that as much as other people did. Like, I remember thinking there was maybe something wrong with me that I always kind of wanted to Heisman people when they got too close. Mm. And I think part of that is because I've had, (laughs) I had some PTSD from middle school, but I think the other part of that is I love you, but I need space in order to fully love you. Like I need some distance in order to make this work for the long haul and inner introvert. This is a lot of work to undo. This is a lot of habits to undo. These are new boundaries and muscles that you haven't used before that you're going to have to use now that you have this awareness because you can't go back, but you've been living your life as an extrovert when in reality, you are a people person introvert. It is a tough life to live. We are walking contradictions. It is really hard. So you're going to have to do with what Britney Spears friend did. I love this, which is set boundaries. And we normally say that boundaries don't need an explanation, but I actually am going to break my own rule here. What do you think, Elise? I think so too, because I think, I think a theme in this whole conversation is like a lack of understanding or maybe education on differences in personality preferences. And so I think, you know, setting boundaries and being able to say to the other extroverts like me who would literally go cry in their room if someone said they didn't want to hang out with me, like, hey, you know, here's my boundary, but let me tell you why. Because if my friend, Britney Spears friend, if she was like, Hey, I don't want to spend the night because I'm actually tired and I just want to like hang out at home. I would be like, okay, it's not about me. That's mm-hmm. about you. Right. And that would alleviate any internalizing that I would do in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into she asked for specifics. She yeah. came with she came with some questions. So let's okay, how to navigate living with roommates. Ooh, this was always really tough for me. And this is coming from someone who has never lived alone. It was like one of my ultimate goals in life, but I'm just like so frugal and just to whatever to like actually justify it. I was like paying the entire rent myself, you know, like I didn't want to do that. So I always had roommates and this was tough. I did live with another introvert once, which kind of helped, but we were both like dancing around each other. Cause sometimes we'd like catch a social thing. Like, are you going out tonight? The other one would be like, ah! So it was, it was like constantly wondering which one of us were in a, like a good social mood or not. But here's the thing. You need headphones. Headphones are the ultimate tell of, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I got my headphones in. I'm either on the phone or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm doing something and it doesn't oh. include you and it's not going to include you. So leave me alone. Um, explaining to said roommates that I am an introvert and recharging does not mean I'm sad. Recharging means like, I mean, is your phone sad when it's connected to a charger? Like this is the dumbest assumption ever. So having that conversation, don't feel weird about it. It needs to happen. Um, and then here's an idea. So Elise, have you seen those signs that like coworkers hang up? That's like, please do not knock on my door. I don't have good time management skills. And therefore, if you knock on my door, I'm not going to get any work done. Cause I'm going to talk to you. Yes. 
I feel like she needs the opposite of that, which is like, please don't knock on my door. Cause you're going to kill me. If you do like any indication that there's another living human being under my same roof might be enough to like pull me over the edge, you know? Yeah. So I really do think having some sort of sign that indicates uh, alone time mm-hmm. is not a bad idea because this can be solved with clear communication. And I understand that sometimes for introverts, it's embarrassing that we need so much alone time. Like here's a great example. I'm kind of embarrassed that I need so much sleep. Like this has nothing to do with being introverted, but like at least how much sleep per night do you need? Nine hours, no exceptions. Oh my God, me too. And isn't it kind of the worst when you're like, I don't know, on a group vacation or something and like everyone else is like up at the crack of dawn, but we like stayed up late and I'm like, oh, I gotta sleep in, I'm so tired. No, because I went through so much fucking shit with my health stuff and I just have no tolerance for it. Even everyone knows me. I literally planned my best friend's bachelorette and I got my own fucking hotel room because everybody knew I was going to be in bed at 10 and up nine hours later. And no one asks questions. And if you come for me, you're going to regret it because I'm going to be tired having this conversation and it's not going to end well for you. But see, that's a great example right there. I mean, I sleeping a lot in my life has been associated with laziness. People are like, oh, there's Callie sleeping in ear responsible, lazy. And it's like, no, my body just needs this. And so I can relate. I, cause I've always, I've also felt this with being introverted. It can be like a little embarrassing that like we need time to recharge and other people don't like that mm. sucks. I wish that I didn't need time to recharge. That would be so much more productive and efficient and hello efficiency is like, I live for it, but no, instead I'm this like introverted blob who like always has to be asleep. Like that sucks. It's not what I would have chosen. It is not a positive perspective. (laughs) Oh, it just is what it is. I have to work with what I've got. And so I can understand the shame associated with introversion. And I'm just compared to sleep as a, as an example. So my point is if you can make this as clear and out in the open as possible, I don't think the shame is going to be dwelling within you. So if you can seriously be like an out of office note on your door, like Haley, like, like, you know, Nicole, like a friggin' Jennifer is like not here. I think that would actually be like really, really good. I don't know. Yes. What do you think? No, I, I like that. And I think what you're alluding to is like acceptance, right? Like you are who you are and you can't change it. So you might as well lean into it and show the fuck up. Right. So like, what do you love about being an introvert, Callie? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I can read a book <laughs> really fast. That's great. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't really think about it very much because again, I have this habit of accepting what I am in my situation and not really thinking much about the alternative. So I guess I haven't really thought about it, but if I have to go there, I'm going to say, I like that all of my friendships are deep. Mm -hmm. I don't have surface level friendships. And I know I'm not saying that every extrovert does either, but I'm just going by what I know. And Andrew has like a million and a half friends. Like I had 11 bridesmaids just so I could keep up with him. And they were like all family members. Cause it was like, I don't know how to do this, but he had so many because he has so many friends, but I'm not going to sit here and say, he like talks to them all the time or like, they know what's going on in his daily life or like they know what's keeping him up at night or they know what he's dealing with. Yeah. Uh, I, I would not venture to say that. Whereas my friends are like, what cycle day are you on? <laughs> yeah. 
are you on your period yet? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like they just like, they're so invested. It's just like, you know, um, and so, you know, going back to that thing that we talked about forever ago, which is, you know, the human brain is so limited. And so we really only have room for five strong connections. Uh, being an introvert, it makes that a lot easier to manage. And, mm-hmm. and I love that. So it makes my life a little easier in that way. Um, I actually like alone time. I think it's cleansing and fun. And I don't know, I think it could be beneficial. So it's also that I've just gotten really used to this. Like I've, I, you know, I said I was 23 when I figured this out. Well, it's, it's been 10 years. So anyway, I just think, sorry, my cat is scratching at the door and I'm like, God, you just see my cats are extroverted. They always want to be around me. And I'm like, God, be a better cat. Aren't you supposed to be introverted? Like, isn't that the whole bag here? I thought I got a pet like me. And now they're like, no, I want to be with you. And I'm like, God, oh, everyone in this world is extroverted. Okay. So, and now let's talk about how do I recognize when it's time to go home or I don't want to go out. Okay. I think, you know, I think you're just not being honest with yourself. Yeah. Maybe she's like trying to convince herself that she's not ready to go home so she can like fit in with all of the extroverts that she's with. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is your, your initial reaction is, should be what you do. So like, if I'm the Britney Spears friend and you're like, I want to sleep over. I know that in my mind, I'd be like, Oh shit. Like that would be my, like, Oh God, no. Like we've no, this was it, right? This was it. And there, there, there was an end point and now you're, you're moving it. And I, Oh God. Right. And then I'd probably talk myself into it. Like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be fine. I can do this. I'm come on. I'm, I'm a trooper and I'll just spend the rest of my weekend alone, like a zombie. But so I, I think first your initial reaction is the right one. So yeah. if your initial reaction is, Oh shit. There's an after party. Are you serious? I thought I was home free. That means you need to go home. If you're getting short with people, that needs that means you need to go home. If you start feeling hungry or thirsty or something where you're like, oh, I'd really like to be at home. If your jeans start feeling itchy, I notice when I'm like in clothes and going out clothes and I'm like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. It's like, yep, because you'd rather be in your sweats. Oops, time to go. I love that. Oh, I love that. Or she could just have a curfew. I 10 PM is my cutoff. I don't, I don't do anything past 10 PM unless I'm having the fucking time of my absolute life. I love that. That's a great idea. Actually set some like go-to boundaries that you just live by. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really smart. So, and I think if anybody's like, I mean, Anybody who's like, she's asking how to explain that to friends. You really don't have to. That's the thing. It's, it's like every single person that is in my life knows at 10 PM I'm fucking rolling out. And if you've got something to say about it, then like, I don't care. You're going to be talking to yourself. Cause I'm already in the car. You know, it's like, you don't owe anybody an explanation when it's your body, your life, your home, anything. Right. Right. And I honestly think that like this whole, I turn into a pumpkin past 10 is really, really, I mean, you didn't even go Cinderella on it. You were like, no, midnight's Mm -mm. too late. I Mm -mm. really, really love that. And I agree. I think the explanation at this point, like if you really have friends that are like, you just need to like be able to hang when you're single. It's like, this has nothing to do with a relationship status. I don't even know why that's relevant. It's that's crazy to me. I mean, well, 
okay, I guess I'll say this. Sometimes I stay out later than I'd want to, or do things that maybe I don't want to, because I am in a relationship and my husband is extroverted. And then I know that he'll carry the weight for me, but like, I'm doing that for him, not for anyone else. I don't even fucking do that. I'm like, bye Carl. I'll see your ass at home. Oh no. I leave early all the time. Don't get me wrong. I do leave early, but like, I didn't even want to go in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) So the fact that I am there is a victory. Uh, And I mean, maybe, I I don't know. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I would never do that. Not for anyone, but I'm just willing to do that in my marriage. It's like, yeah. And most of the time I don't regret it. So I also, not to cut you off. I just saw a word and then I like everything clicked for me. She's talking about being overstimulated too, which I think that that probably happens a lot for introverts, but she's also a helper, which probably means she's an empath. And like empathy is literally a superpower. Like I get overwhelmed when Carl has like the TV and the radio and his fantasy football on, I get overwhelmed when there's too much going on. I like, am trying to pick up too many things. So she's like probably overstimulated to level 10, which can be really, really, really overwhelming. And I think, you know, when you get to be overstimulated, then creeps in the anxiety. And then it's really hard to explain that to other people who don't experience the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, so would you say that when she feels overstimulated, that means it's time to go? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say that too. Like, it's like, that's another cue from your body. And uh, yeah. Anytime I feel overstimulated, it's not even a question. Like I, I literally uh, am on the brink of a panic attack when I'm overstimulated. I'm like, everybody, I have to go into a quiet, dark room and like calm down and just breathe. And so I think that that should be a clear sign to her. Like if you're overstimulated, you need to get the book out. But I love that, that you get overstimulated and you're extroverted. So perhaps this overstimulation can be like a separate piece, uh, which also means that like you can leave for any reason, not just because you're feeling drained. Yeah. Just you can leave because you have to poop. No, like it doesn't matter. Like if anyone's like, what are you, what are you doing? Be like, I got to take a shit. Okay. <laughs> I got to go. I got to poop. Um, I, yeah. I love for inner introvert to try that one out. All right. How to go on vacation as an introvert. I think that this one is pretty easy, but again, that's just because I think I'm used to this. I have an aversion to planning too much because I don't, unless the plans come with inherent flexibility, Mm. meaning if we over plan a vacation, I'm going to be like, all right, but I might not go to all these things. And here's the thing. I have noticed this about myself and people are going to think I'm crazy. And I give a shit about sightseeing. I don't give a hoot. So like when you go on vacation, you're supposed to like see things. And then you're supposed to like, remember how you feel when you see them. I don't one, my memory for that kind of shit sucks Two, I'm bored. Three, I can Google this. I can literally Google this photo and it will be in front of me when I get home. So why am, did I drive an hour to be here in real life when like we have technology that couldn't do that for me? So I just, it's not for me. And so I've noticed that I get really irritable and overstimulated and drained on vacations where I constantly have to be lugged with a group of people to see something again that I could have Googled. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it. I just don't do it anymore. And then when I'm planning things, I plan things that really fill my cup. So like it's not overstimulating or draining to me to go to like 
a really nice restaurant with nice wine and good conversation and like make connective memories, meaning like, I remember that conversation. I remember meeting that interesting person. And you would think that would drain me, but because it's so intimate, Mm -hmm. it doesn't. And I love having like little buffer days, like, okay. And then Saturday we can wake up and see how we feel. And then if we feel like it, we can do this. But I think flexibility is going to be the name of the game here. If you're traveling with someone who is like a huge structure person and go, 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 and wants to see all the things, then you're just going to have to get comfortable with saying, that's not my type of vacation. So I am interested in A, B, and C. I'll hit you up for those. And then I'm going to do my own thing for the rest. Yeah. I love flexibility. And I also think predictability in that too, because if, if I'm planning a vacation with you and I don't know, and I'm also like that too. Like I like flexibility. I like chilling by the pool, eating chips and guac and getting massages and having a margarita. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to go do all the shit. Okay. But if I was trying to do all the shit and I was planning a vacation who didn't want to do all the shit, then I might be disappointed having to do that on my own, you know? So I think letting, creating predictability and communicating your needs in that I think is going to be the best course of action. But I think the moral of the story in this whole fucking letter is like, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And if anybody has a problem with it, then like, don't care. Yeah. And like, maybe your friends are the problem. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they are. (laughs) The more I talk about this, the more I'm like, who are you traveling with? Because who are you living with? Who are you? I mean, I don't know. The roommates seem fine. Like I get that they hang out in the living room and they think, you know, I guess there's, she's sad when she like goes into her room. Like I understand that. And I think that's a really easy fix. First of all, I think you just have to expel the shame that comes with being an introvert and that might take work, but I think that's going to take care of number one. Okay. It's going to be fine once you get over the fact that you're wired differently and it is what it is and you can't change it. So just deal with it. Number two, your friends sound like they fucking suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading over this. I'm like, dude, you seem fine. It seems like your friends just like shame you about being who you are. So like, maybe you need some more homebody friends. And then number three, yeah, like who the hell are you traveling with? (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. It's like, I I don't know how I want to word this. It's like, I see so much value and like, I get so much out of like having people in my life that are not like me. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like this letter writer's friends maybe aren't at that place, you know, like birds Mm -hmm. of a feather flock together. And it's like, oh, maybe she's the one who's cramping their style, but like, then maybe you need people who really value you for who you are and what you bring to the table because it's different. Like my life has changed since you and I have become best friends. Like, and it's in the best way possible. And it's like, I think what I'm hearing here is like, maybe her friends just don't understand and therefore don't see what they could potentially learn from her. I don't, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It seems like her best friends are like, why aren't you like me? Yeah. Instead of I'm going to let inner introvert be inner yes. introvert. I, that's what I don't like, like meeting, here. meeting her where she's at versus trying to get her to change. It's like, no, yeah. you shouldn't want anybody to change. Like, and you also love like them. not being concerned. You know what I mean? Like not being concerned about it. Like I just wouldn't really care if, if I I just can't imagine being that preoccupied 
with a friend's decision. Yeah. Like if a friend wants to leave early, like unless they like leave in tears, I'm like, oh, they left. Yeah. (laughs) Why does it matter? I'll see them later. I'm not curious about what they're doing. But I also think that that's a maturity thing because I, I think when I was in college and we're all stupid and immature, like it was like, oh my God, I can't believe she left my birthday party early, you know, shit like that. And now it's like, okay, well, she probably had to poop or go home or wanted to sleep or whatever. Like, why is that my business at all? What she's trying to do? Yeah. See the introvert in me, like couldn't hang with those social dynamics. Hence why I've always had a tighter group because like, I just, it's too much for my system. And so inner introvert, it also might be that you need to focus on curating a group of friends that not necessarily are more like you, but are just more understanding. Yeah. Because like, I just can't imagine getting in trouble for leaving something early. I, 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 I am, I will say as an introvert, I do pride myself in being conscientious. So I will go someplace and I will literally measure out an appropriate amount of time to be there because I'm like, it is rude to show up for 30 minutes and be like, I have somewhere else to go Bye. It's like, no, you have to tell someone in advance, in my opinion, if you're going to bounce like really early, but I will seriously walk in. I will tell Andrew, I will say, this is the time when we're leaving. I'm going to be absolutely checked out by this time. And by the way, I calculated it. That's two thirds of the party length time, more than enough. We were here for the majority of the time. We good. We're being polite and we're taking care of ourselves. Check, check, check. Now, if I had to worry about other guests looking at me and clocking what time I arrived and what time I left, I'd have an anxiety attack. But that's what I'm saying. I think that that's a super immature way of doing things. Like, so I think that, you know, when you, when you get older, I would be curious to know, did she say how old she, oh, she's 29. Why the fuck are you almost 30 and your friends give a shit? You know, it's like, that's weird to me. So weird. So weird. Like that's, that's, that's like maybe on brand if you're 21, 22, 23, but like past 26, I feel like you live your own goddamn life and people adjust accordingly. I mean, I would hope so. Or uh, otherwise friendships to me just wouldn't even be worth it. I feel yeah. like I have to deal with your ego too. Mine's already the size of China. I can't <laughs> handle yours. No, thank you. Yeah. No. Okay. There was one more thing that I saw that I was like, hmm, that I wanted to clock, which is I find when I'm able to give myself space without guilt and stay home, like cook a nice dinner for myself, take a bath, watch a movie, et cetera, without guilt. I'm like, why do you feel guilty for doing these things? Right. No. So here's the deal. I think I've said that a lot today. Shut up. So vacations are meant for relaxation. I don't know what the exact definition of vacation is, but what do you think when you hear vacation? Chill, like do nothing. I understand. You know what? Travel and vacation have two different connotations. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But she does say how to go on a vacation. All right. So here's the thing. One, even when you're traveling, I still think it should be invigorating and relaxing. And that means different things to different people. So no more of this. I'm wasting an opportunity or I'm missing out or I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm vacationing the wrong way. If you take a night off to really enjoy and unplug because when else can you do it the same way when you're on vacation, when you're on vacation, there's like, there should be absolutely no guilt about not doing anything. It's like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Right. And so when you're beating yourself up because you're not 
I don't know, waking up at the crack of dawn to go sightsee and then go to the museums and then go see this famous thing. And then you have tickets for this show and all this stuff. It's like, people do that. Not because that's what you're supposed to do. It's because some people's idea of relaxation is doing all the things. Mm-hmm. It is exploring. It is cramming as much as you possibly can in. Uh, but like some people's favorite color is purple and some people's favorite color is red. Like yeah. this is, a, this is what we're talking about here. It's just a matter of preference. Yeah. I also think too, like the more time that you spend with yourself, the more sense of self you will have and the more self-awareness you will have. And I think for me being someone who's been extroverted and wanted to hang out with people all the time, I literally had no sense of self because I was so preoccupied with everybody around me. So I, when I, when I lived alone, I was literally like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do with myself? Like for 12 hours a night when I'm alone, I, in order to frame it, in a way that was going to be like able to, for me to process, I thought of myself as like someone else. Like I would do like, like, as if I'm tending to a relationship with a friend, I was tending to a relationship with myself and externalizing it and kind of seeing it in that way really made it easy for me to do because I was, it was framed in a way that I was tending to a relationship with someone else. And so right. I think because you're an extrovert. So you <laughs> had to like duplicate yourself to be like, I'm not alone. It's right. me, myself and I. Right. Totally. But I'm thinking that's where the guilt is coming from, right? The guilt is coming from like the awareness that she could be with other people. So maybe if she frames it in that way, like it is equally, if not more important to spend quality fucking time with yourself as it is quality time with everybody else in your life, maybe that will alleviate the guilt because she is tending to herself. Like she's on a cooking dinner for yourself. That's a fucking date night with you. Like that's amazing. Not a lot of people do that. And so I think maybe if she thinks of it in that way, that that will alleviate the guilt around it. Yeah, that might work that I've never thought of it like that because I always idolized people who could be by themselves. I would always see people at a bar having a dinner and a glass of wine and being like, damn, you confident. Yeah. Holy shit. And then like, you don't think about all the people that are at home by themselves and are enjoying themselves. And it's like, damn, you also confident, right? Yeah. Cause like, you're also doing cool things, but no one even knows, which is great. So I guess I, well, I say never, I mean, I'm sure when I was younger, but I, I quickly realized that being by yourself and having a good time is a superpower and you don't want to let go of that ability. And you always want to hone that skill. And so carving out time for myself, it's needed for my energy levels, but I think it's also needed to just stay sane because mm -hmm. otherwise I'm going to lose my mind and I'm going to go out of touch with myself, especially in my line of work. I'm constantly talking to other people about their shit. And it's like, girl, you got shit too. You can't sit here and pretend you don't, you do, but I don't want other people's since I mean, I do, I like get feedback from people and like all that stuff. But like a lot of times I don't want to talk about with, with just anyone. Yeah. And it's good for me to process this stuff first before I open my mouth. Mm -hmm. And so inner introvert, I think you're just glamorizing the wrong side of life here. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Oh, I find that a lot with my clients. They glamorize one particular way of life. And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Why is that the pretty because, way? Because society fucking conditions all of us to be a certain way. We talked about this today with men and emotions, right? It's like, 
same thing. Like yeah, we're conditioned. Well, and I think in movies, you can't really have a scene with one person because then they have no one to talk to. So that's, it doesn't, that's a good point. It, it doesn't really work. So they always have to be talking to someone, which makes it seem like we always have to be talking to someone. I've never thought of it like that. We should create, let's get fucking Andrew looped in on this shit. And let's create a movie where there's literally one person not talking to anybody. And it's just an inner monologue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be really realistic, but it's, it's true. And if we're talking about society, I mean, for better, or for worse, LA is the epicenter of culture. It is what it is. Like, this is where all of culture comes from because culture comes from art and the most invasive art product out there, TVs and movies. So I, I wish that we could be like, no, it's, it's paintings and oil paintings and sculptures, but it's like, it's not, it's TV shows. Okay. Yeah. And they're always doing something. They're always talking to someone. Otherwise the story can't progress. And so if you're an introvert, you got to go against the grain and realize what you're seeing is not really for you. And it's probably never going to be you. And so the second that you can start really idolizing the woman in the knee high boots and the rocking dress with a glass, a Cabernet eating her steak by her damn self. Like those were always my goals. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's so cool. So change up your role models, like notice who it is that you're idolizing. Um, notice what you're trying to be and what you're pushing yourself towards. You might need to tweak those things. And then above and beyond, this really comes down to, I think the company you keep and the boundaries you set. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Do you have final thoughts, Elise? Or have we like really just gone in on this one? I have none. Yeah. I I think for the first time ever, I'm not sure I do either. I think we just really put it all out on the table. I was, I was thinking I wasn't going to have a lot to, to say about this one. I knew you would. I knew you would, but I loved it. I like, I'm like sitting here being like, I kind of want to be more of an introvert. Yeah, you should. We're fine. Uh, okay. One just popped into my mind because I always like to, I, this is something that I always do, but you are going to have profound moments of needing social energy. You are going to have times where you want to get dressed up and go out on the town and stay out till two in the morning. And you're going to have times where you need to get on the phone with someone to process something. And you're going to have times where you just want to be surrounded by people. That doesn't mean that you're extroverted. Introverts want to be around people too. Introverts also need social time, just like extroverts need alone time sometimes. Okay. So that doesn't mean anything. Don't let it challenge your identity. Don't let it change how you do things. You just need to start honoring your needs when they come up and understand that more times than not, they're probably going to be introverted needs. But I like to think of personality as handedness. So if I write with my right hand, I still have my left hand. It's not cut off. So my right hand in this sense is my introversion and my left hand is my extroversion. I use my left hand. I do have extroversion within me. I do need social time. It's just more times than not, I'm going to be using my introverted side. And that goes for all of the Myers-Briggs, which is why I love it. It's just not inherently negative. Everything about it is positive. And it's just all about self-awareness and self-discovery. I love it. It's the best. So that's my final thought. Just don't let your needs and your desires challenge your identity. Instead, accept them and integrate them into who you are. I love it. 
And I love this letter writer. She says she loved me. So I love you too. I boo, know. Boo. And her introvert's really cute. She's so cute. Okay, guys. Um, this was really fun, really long. I talked so much. So I'm not apologizing. It was great. And if you want to join Blush and work with a coach about being introverted or extroverted or boundaries or any of the other long ass topics we talked about today, then use promo code blush you all caps for 25% off your first month. If you want to write in like inner introvert did write us um, at bless you at joinblush.com and give us all the details. Like I loved how she included her Myers-Briggs, her Enneagram, her age, where she's living. She asked like specific questions and like gave us examples. It's like, woo, yeah, all the stuff. We love that. Uh, we've got a few more episodes coming your way. We're excited about them, planning them out. Not really because we don't plan anything. So we will see you next time. Bye y'all.